Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden, and this is Reister or Wrong. Thank you guys for joining us today. So, Father's Day has come and gone. And there were some tweets that were sent out that I am not a fan of and Ralph is not as well. Some sentiments about it. The Supreme Court is putting an end to the NCAA's capping the cost of attendance. And we are watching the NCAA's grasp on indentured servitude to its athletes crumble right before our faces. And we love it. Uh, Ben Simmons is being just absolutely dragged through the mud, and I actually feel more sorry for him than I do most other athletes when they don't live up to expectations. Uh, Giannis and Mike Budenholzer need to be booed. They are in the Eastern Conference Finals, but they deserve to lose. Uh, 
John Rahm gets personal justice in his quest for the U.S. Open and, of course, canceler consequence and the best of social media. Right or wrong is the intersection where sports, business, society and pop culture meet the truth. Absolutely daily fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door before you even show up. And you guys, you guys can shoot us a text, 818-293-7547. That's 818-293-7547. Or shoot us an email, imad, I-M-M-A-D, at unafraidshow.com. So we will start, though, with Father's Day. Father's, happy Father's Day. Yes, happy Father's Day to you as well, Ralph. So we are looking, though, at... Uh, there, th- this is a time where Father's Day actually gets controversial, and I think it's absolutely craziness. Like, how is Father's Day controversial? And for me, there's only one thing I hate on Father's Day. One thing I hate on Father's Day, and that is when when people send out Happy Father's Day to their moms. Like, I'm I'm like. It drives me up a wall. I'm like, moms have their own damn day. They get to go to the spa, don't have to do a damn thing with the kids, none of that. But fathers, on the other hand, like, like, why on earth would it be okay to wish your mom happy Father's Day, Ralph? Ah, uh, that's complicated. I feel like I'm you. You got me dancing in a minefield right now. I, I think people have complicated relationships with their fathers are going to have complicated responses to Father's Day, and so you know, especially in a single parent household where you had friends whose moms stayed home. If you had friends whose moms stayed home and yours didn't get to, and she was out working two or three jobs and you had to be in a latchkey type situation or staying with the neighbors or whatever, so that bills could be paid so that nice could be uh, put on your feet. So you could always have a decent haircut when you went to school. So that, you know, that, that you weren't experiencing any more inconvenience outside of just not having a dad around, then those people might genuinely feel like this person was doing both things. And, and if they were to hear you say like, it annoys me that, uh, you say that well, like well, they'd be like, well, it annoyed me that I didn't have a dad. So well, the, yeah, but, but, if but dad don't you have a whole just, day? But you got a whole day to celebrate mom, though. Okay, but if your mom had to play both parts, and I will give you this: you don't, you don't usually see the other thing, right? Correct. You know, usually people who who and you know absent mother situation exists. It's maybe not as prevalent or common. Um, but it happens. You don't see a lot of people going out and being like, hey, happy um, Mother's Day to my dad. Um, but I think that it, it's just a, it's it's a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I could see why it would be annoying. And I could see why someone who was in that situation that was just trying to make their mom feel special about having to do both jobs would hear what you said and be like, why do you care? So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Father's Day is a, a um, you know, I'm, I'm friends with a couple of people yesterday. who were going through some things yesterday. Um, I, I have issues, you know, when when Mother's Day comes around. It, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm posting it. I will do stuff every once in a while, like Mother's Day will roll around and I'll like give a shout out to my aunt. Right. She's not my mom, but she helped raise me. And so, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what the difference would be between giving a shout out to like is it just a gender difference? Like if somebody gave a shout out to their uncle on father's day, 
That would be A-OK because if that guy filled that role for you, I'm OK with that. Um, and this topic even came up because last year, well, actually every year except for this year, I normally, but I didn't see it on my timeline. I wasn't on, on, on Twitter very much yesterday. So I didn't see it very much. And normally I post a video or a tweet like, yo, do not wish your mom happy Father's Day. Or may, maybe I have gotten through to people. I understand the complicated relationship part that that's some places in my family as well. I get it. But if those people wish their their mom happy fathers, I'd be like, wait, whoa, 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 excuse me. But Ralph actually brought this up because of a tweet from Greg Camarillo. Greg Camarillo, <laughs> former NFL wide receiver, said Mother's Day moms. Watch the kids. I treat myself to kids free spa day. Father's Day moms. You need to be with your kids all of the entire day. Happy Father's Day, gents. Now go be with your kids all day. I was with my kids all day. So this I was with <laughs> apply, my kids all day, yeah. Applied to me, which I don't mind. I love it. But on Mother's Day, they're like, let's take a load off of mom. And I'm like, do you realize what dad does around this joint? And it's like, but but may, maybe we're the exception with how involved we are with our kids. But the reality is for for me. They will cancel. They don't put uh, baseball, basketball tournaments and all of this stuff for the most part on Mother's Day weekend. But on Father's Day weekend, they're like, hey, dad, he of course he wants to go to the tournament and stay out there all day instead of sitting at home, eating food, watching, watching games. They're probably right on some level. But but Ralph pointed out that there could be some people who were upset about this. Oh yeah, I said I said shout out to anybody who gets in a fight because they retweeted this. And then you did. You like quote tweeted it with the 100 emoji. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, good luck. Good luck, George." But I I don't know, man. I what's weird is like the way I think the way that 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 Greg phrased it maybe could be interpreted as having a tinge of bitterness. But also the way that he phrased it is like, "Well, that's 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 the way that I like." Yeah. I like it. Like, yeah. I, I, I think that when Mother's Day comes around, like, I don't want to see Aaron, my wife. I don't want to see her. Like, I want her to be taking a day. Like, she, she carries a heavy load. She does a lot. She works hard. Um, I want her to feel appreciated on that day. And I don't know that our kids always do the best job of making her feel appreciated. And so like having that time to herself to be able to recharge um, and, and, and hold it down at the house. I think, um, I don't know, like I, that's something that I like doing. It makes me feel like I'm actually giving a gift of some kind. Father's day. It's weird because father's day, like I'm, I'm, I'm a, a stay at home dad, homeschooling dad. Um, I've been in their lives almost. I just, I was in Arizona for a week last week. I got two days in and I'd realized I'd been around my kids for like 405 out of the last 410 days. And we're talking all day, every day. And I needed a break, but by day three of seven, I was miserable. Right. Cause yeah. I just, and so I know there's going to come a time as far as father's day, when my kids, when it's, it's not go spend all day with your kids it's looking at your kids and be like, you better go spend time with your dad. Like, especially somebody like me or somebody like you, who's just around so much that they probably take it for granted. Yeah. Um, so what's fun is like that arrangement doesn't, 
it it makes sense to me. I think that um, some people might consider it a double standard, but I also don't have a lot of things that I do um, that are like break time or me time. This podcast might be the closest thing to it that maybe the the, the actual work that I do, but I'm not a golfer. Um, I don't uh, maybe even movies. But you can't go to movies anymore, really. Like the theaters are just starting to open back up. A late night 10 p.m. movie, like on a Wednesday in the middle of the month, will recharge me for six weeks. That's how I treat myself. But my kids are asleep by the time that that's even happening. And then by the time I get home, I'm like, man, I can't wait to take my kids to that movie. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> no, I don't are. know, man. I just think I don't know the way the way that he phrased it. Maybe came off a little bit is like he's he's bitter about the double standard that exists, but like, I, I don't know. I feel really strongly about like mother's day. Please don't be here. Like, just, just go away. Let me serve you by you not being here. And on father's day, it's like, we please make the kids hang out with me, please. <laughs> they just want to play Skyrim and just force them to watch the suns with me, please. Yeah. See, see, that's cool. Uh, the next thing up, the Supreme court, Drops the hammer on the NCAA, Mark Emmert, and anybody else who wants to deal with this antiquated model of amateurism. And it went so far as to even have uh, Brett Kavanaugh basically say the and under ordinary principles of antitrust law it is not evident why college sports should be any different the ncaa is not above the law and i was like thank you thank good job supreme court so austin versus the ncaa is the case that it's an antitrust lawsuit that where the ncaa caps the value of the scholarship at the cost of attendance. So that means that if a kid needs a laptop, school can't buy it. If a kids need something for a research project or, or um, paid grad internships, can't, can't do it. But now they can. And I absolutely love it, Ralph. This is the way that it should be. And people who don't think it should be like this, I, 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 I can't figure out why they don't like like why you would think it would be okay for and we're not talking about paying players we're not even talking about that aspect of it why anybody thinks that it's okay for the cost of attendance being that these kids generate so much money that the school can't buy them a laptop don't you need a laptop for school don't you need a, a ti-82 calculator for some of your math stuff and some of these kids don't come from money like in, and even if you do, you're giving your your trade off is the education and the educational experience. So the educational experience should be paid for. I agree. I agree. Um, Mark Emmert's a villain. Uh, he just is. He he he's trying to uphold old ways that have enriched a ton of people that are not athletes that allow the opportunity for the athletes to get enriched over time but in order to do so have to buy into a system that effectively has been proven over time to actually harm some of their fellow athletes. Um, one of your guys who I've been a big fan of ever since he was in high school, Tyrell Crosby, who played for the Oregon Ducks, your Oregon Ducks. Yep. Um, he just put out a tweet thread and I want to read it to you. Um, uh, Tyrell Crosby is somebody who played high school football at 
uh, in, like in green, Vegas. Green, yeah, Vegas in Green Valley. I remember I will never forget covering his game uh, because it's the first time I ever had to walk through metal detectors to get down to the field. Um, I never had to do that before. And um, so, you know, I, I don't know his personal situation. I know he was very talented. He made the most of his situation at Oregon. Um, he, he's doing great in Detroit. Uh, I, I, he's great. His agent, Molly uh, McEnany, is great. Um, I love that whole situation. But he put this thread out there. He said, fun fact, I wrote an email my sophomore year complaining to Mark Emmer about how I had teammates who couldn't afford to eat during the summer months when the training table wasn't offered and stipends were reduced. Then it got back to the staff and health, which I'm assuming he, Mark Helfrick is who he's referring to, tried to press me for doing it, even though I wrote it for my teammates, not myself. Thankfully, I had my best friend and two families who made sure I was okay, and my uncle who lived in Eugene who'd make sure I'd be able to eat when the training table wasn't available. And my girlfriend at the time would let me use her dining hall points. I would struggle some nights because I didn't want to feel like a burden to others, but I knew if it got too bad, it would be okay and taken care of. That's a luxury many of my teammates didn't have. So I'd go over to guys' cribs, and there'd be a completely empty fridge, and then maybe some ramen packs in the pantry, and that's it. Mind you, I'm talking about guys who were playing in a national championship game a few months prior, a game that had tickets selling for well over $1,000, a game that generated millions of dollars. You'd think the NCAA actually cared about how the players are? Hell no, they don't. So if you're curious to some of my reasoning for my genuine dislike of the monopoly that is the NCAA, there you go. I can't imagine how much worse it is at a smaller school. Real talk. One of my favorite things about Mario Cristobal is as soon as he got in, he immediately started working with compliance officers to truly maximize everything the players were able to get. What do you think of that, George? He's 100% right. Like 100% right. Uh, and it's it's criminal. It's criminal because so many people don't realize that like the the plight of the athlete they're like oh they're spoiled they're entitled they they get everything no that there's levels to this first thing is that at oregon alabama clemson there's levels there then there is the washington states kansas uh missouri um you know syracuse those type, types of schools. And then there are schools that are Division One that are even lower. You know, you got your Arkansas States. You got your um, Old Dominions, you know, Buffalo. Like, there's levels to this. And then below that, and that's all just Division One, And that's before you get to the other divisions as well. And so, like, people think that these athletes are spoiled, but they don't realize how much sacrifice – actually goes into it and that the rules have dictated that that food had been uh like e even for walk-ons i remember when i was in school walk-ons couldn't eat with us they couldn't eat on training table they couldn't you're like this dude was just out of practice with, with us how does this make sense it was it's gross and just the fact that the NCAA has drug its feet in changing these rules in so long, it, it, this is why an overcorrection always happens. When, That's when, huge. oh man, bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. If people ever feel like there's too much change going on too fast or it's being forced on you, always look at the people who are dragging their feet to make sure that it couldn't incrementally get better. Yep. Yep. B because the thing is, is that 
the thing that people forget about this name, image, and likeness stuff and all of that is that the NCAA had since like 2014 when they lost the Ed O'Bannon case to 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 get something done. We're talking 2014. I got a check for a few thousand dollars in 2015. So the, uh, over the EA game. So you knew this was coming. But then the people who are in charge, they give Mark Emmert uh, an extension. You give him an extension. It, it, it is mind-blowingly stupid to think that, that this man who has couldn't lead the NCAA through the pandemic, could not get name, image, and likeness done, couldn't even get the transfer stuff done in a timely fashion. It took lawsuits and all this other stuff to get it done. That he's the guy to lead you into the future? Hell no. Dude, he's an antiquated dinosaur that that is so far behind the times that the NCAA is going to end up messing around getting just broken right now because you didn't do the right things. And guess what? I'm all for it. You deserve it. This overcorrection. Yes, it's going to be an overcorrection. And then you'll eventually figure out where it'll settle down after a couple years. Just like me too. There was an overcorrection. And then and then you but figure that's out what that is, that's what happens when you don't listen, when you don't try to take care of people, when you're not proactive, when you're not just decent, when you don't when you don't listen to new information and new uh, forms of logic and new arguments and understand that every time Mark Emmert's name is brought up, I always quote um, the Batman movie that had Anne Hathaway in it because uh, she played Catwoman. And there's a line in it that I, I'll never ever ever forget, and I've always thought that it pertained mostly oh, I know to the exactly. NCAA, especially mm-hmm. because you knew that they weren't ever going to do anything, and you knew that it would have to be forced upon them. And uh, it, I think Selena Kyle is the character's name. She leans into Bruce Wayne's ear and she says, "There's a storm coming, Mister Wayne. You and your friends better batten down the hatches because when this hits, you're all going to wonder how you ever thought you could live so large and leave so little for the rest of us." Everybody involved in the NC2A that has been living large off of the backs of student athletes for so long, all of a sudden scrambling to have to try to get something done as public opinion shifts and as justices of the peace, Supreme Court justices weigh in and say that, like, your circular reasoning of athletes shouldn't be compensated because we don't compensate athletes doesn't make sense. So all of a sudden you're going to have a bunch of people that were trying to uphold the status quo that are scrambling, trying to do something different and they're going to get food taken out of their mouths when it never needed to happen like that. Yep. Ever. The product is going to suffer. It's going to be watered down. It's going to diminish and it never, ever, ever had to be that way. And Mark Emmert is to blame. And the fact that uh, the, the people involved in, you know, I've heard a lot of people who are a lot more cynical than me say that Mark Emmert was put in a position to be the ultimate fall guy. And that's why they, they extended him. But a reward is a reward. You don't move on to the next chapter without turning the page. Yep. And they did not turn the page on Mark Emmert. And the NCAA does not deserve respect. It Keep deserves to be good bullied. money after bad. Yes, they deserve to be pushed around. They absolutely deserve it. And every single time a decision like this comes out where they're forced 
and then all of a sudden they turn around and act like they're doing something right by by people. I just hope that the people who are fans of college football who agree with you and I don't let them forget that they oh, had to be forced to do this. This dude had the nerve to put out a statement and say, yo, if the Senate doesn't act, I will. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what do you mean if they don't act, I will? You're the one begging them to act. You had the opportunity to do this right. But instead, the state of California had to put in Bill 206, 204, 216, whichever one it is, which then prompted all the rest of the states. So so I know that everybody hates California, but they did the right thing on this one in getting the ball going. And then all the rest of the states stepped up and put this in works because I don't think they realized how much support there was for this. And it all started with one of the uh, senators putting out the, the, uh, the uh, study. Oh, I forget what, 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 what the exact name of it was, but there was a study on the health of college athletics and all the money that they were bringing in. So, yep. So sorry, NCAA. Sorry, Mark Emmert. Not sorry. You're getting what you deserve at this point in time. Uh, the next thing up, a man who I do not believe is getting what he deserves is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is getting drugged through the mud, dude. Like this. Yes. Ben Simmons played extremely poorly, played very, very poorly. He passed up a shot that was. Clearly, like he passed up a layup. And to me, I was um, there was a picture that I'm going to put up right right now. And I thought it was just so telling of where Ben Simmons is at this point. And it made me feel bad because I was like, yo, when a person gets to this point, their mind is gone. And it made me concerned for his his livelihood, his own sanity. So here is the picture. So this is Ben Simmons under the basket, under the basket. He is right there underneath the basket. uh, That's Trey Young right in front of him, like five feet away. Gallinari another five feet behind him he's 6'10 and he did not he passed the basketball from right there underneath his own rim and to me Ralph that signaled like that was like a cry for help because I was like do you realize how mentally broken that he has to be to pass that ball and when stuff gets this bad because there have been people burning his jerseys laughing at him all of this stuff to me it's sad because his men- mentals are not in a good place. And like with this is the kind of thing that sometimes has a bad ending for people personally. And like so I'm more concerned about him as a person as opposed to him as the athlete, because that shows brokenness. That doesn't show, you know, I just didn't per- perform like he didn't shoot in in their seven game series. Four games, he didn't shoot one time in the fourth quarter. He's making over $30 million. Didn't shoot one time. He was terrified. And that's scary to me about him personally, Ralph. Yeah. um, It leaves me grasping for answers. Um, 
because they, I mean, they were leaving him open. You don't have to, that, and that's the thing. He's, he's on the court and he's watching Trey young, who at one point was two of 15. I want to say it didn't get that much better. <laughs> he was but five he, for 23, bro. Right, right, right. So he made a couple of big shots down the stretch, but he's shooting with sub 30%. He's watching Trey young grasp at straws to try to figure something out and just not quit. Not quit, not ever let one of those many, 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 many misses um, <laughs> on the road of all things uh, take him out of the game, and he still can't put the ball up. And it's it's it, you, it makes you wonder what he thinks the consequences are for a missed shot. Like, and why is he in his head like this? And beyond that, why does this keep happening? happening to the Philadelphia 76ers, whether it was Markel Fultz, who is the first athlete of my lifetime to basically get the yips um, like they used to have in baseball when somebody would just literally forget their skill and have to relearn it. Um, He's down in Orlando recovering from an injury, but, but now that he's away from the Philadelphia franchise, he looks better. He looks like he's figuring it out. And you and I watched Markel Fultz in college. And, you know, I don't know if the way that you feel about University of Washington is going to influence what you have to say about him. But I will say the guy is buckets. Yes, he was a bucket in college. He he looked like a no brainer, uh, not necessarily NBA superstar, but a guy who can go in and fill it up. Like worst case scenario, you get like a Lou Williams, you know, a guy that turns out to be a hired scoring assassin. Right. And then Jalil Okafor. Jalil Okafor, as a rookie in Philadelphia, averaged 18 and 7 on 50% shooting, 30 minutes a game. By the time he's 21, he's only getting 23 minutes a game. By the time he's 22 years old, they shipped his ass to Brooklyn, and he never averaged more than eight points a game. He's he basically out of the NBA at this point, he he had two starts for Detroit this year. He averaged five points and two rebounds a game. Jalil Okafor was what he, he was. A, I think it was a top five pick. Yep. Yep. Out he, of was a, he was a number three overall pick. He was the number one recruit coming out of high school in 2014. He's one of the better athletes to ever come out of the city of Chicago. Yep. Like he wasn't a flop. Like Chicago would know. Right. Yeah. Chicago would know if you didn't have what it took. And he came in as a rookie and he showed that he absolutely had what it took take uh, took to compete at this level. But he's broken. Markel Fultz is broken. Ben Simmons is broken. Joel Embiid missed two whole years. Yeah. Something is wrong with this. Michael franchise. Carter Williams. Yeah. He Michael looked Carter like Williams. he was going to be the truth. And then it just. Fell fell apart. So is it the city of Philadelphia or it, like the or the franchise? Because this whole trust the process thing, the process ain't worked. But right. No, go on. No, I just I'm I, you know, I'm a Suns fan. They gave us Mikhail Bridges, despite the fact that his mom works for the franchise. He's a future star. Mikhail Bridges is a future twenty five million dollar year man. And it just. So maybe, maybe it has something to do with the franchise. Maybe it has something to do with just the the city and the people. You know, I, I grew up re- rooting for the 76ers, even when they were really bad, you know, collecting Clarence Witherspoon rookie cards and rocking a Dana Barrows jersey. So I don't want to hear that, like, I don't have, like, that, that I don't 
love the city of Philadelphia or their fans or whatever. But last night when it was a two possession game and there were three minutes left and Ben Simmons was at the free throw line, the fans were booing him. Yeah. How, how is that helpful? Are you helping? No, no. And and the other thing, though, I've heard all day today, they're like, you got to trade him. You got to trade him. Like, to who? Everybody else watched this, too. Like, it, Portland? It, dude, trade him for CJ. But in, in reality is, no matter where he goes, his mentals have to be fixed. Like, that's the mm-hmm. issue. He's, maybe his mentals, Huh? Maybe they could, maybe, I, I was thinking about it last night, and I, McCollum and Wiggins were the only two players that I could come up with where the salary would match and both teams might get something out of it that they need. If you are the Golden State Warriors, you are not trading Wiggins for no, no, because Wiggins can actually score sometimes. Like like he's a he's a twenty point guy almost, and he's going to be fantastic once Clay comes back into that number two role. But if you so that's just it. When you can move Ben Simmons to the three, he could facilitate and rebound. Um, you he, he could. That means you have two Draymond Greens on the floor. Well, you have Draymond two... Green's a big part of their success. You, it, if you got two guys who are going to jack up 25 shots a night, then maybe Ben Simmons would have room to grow. No. He doesn't have room to grow in Philadelphia. Well, actually. They can't actually, play an inside-outside game with him and Joel Embiid. Hold up. The, here, the, the amount of pressure. The I used to think, uh, who's their number three guy? Um in Philly, I used to think Tobias Harris. Yeah, I used to think Tobias Harris's salary was like the most cartoonish thing in the entire NBA. I did too. And then the more that I watched them, the more I realized, he's a good oh no, player. he's responsible for the entire team's success. Yes, like if he has a bad night, they lose. If he has a good night, they compete. The Doc end. Doc Rivers said as much though. He was like, "Yo, this dude should be on an All Star team. He's our probably our most important player." And so, but but. But here's the thing is, if you put Ben Simmons in Golden State, does does he go work out with Stephen Clay or does he just do his own thing? I don't know. He's he's a unique dude. I don't know. He well, (laughs) I think there's only one one spot on the floor for a guy who is a a because they leave Draymond Green open. So that means that there's another guy in the paint. And then if you bring Ben Simmons in, there's another guy in the paint. So Steph's layups and Clay's layups are going to be non-existent. So, yeah, yeah. he doesn't. I don't know. It's tough. I'm of the mind that he can improve. Um, He he just got to put the ball up more. And, like, he he just got to be able to play within the flow of the game. He looks like he looks like. if Dennis Rodman had Jason Kidd's skill set, so we're like well, Dennis problem, Rodman would be wide refused. open under the hoop, and he would pass it just to show you how unselfish he was. But this isn't a matter of unselfishness. This is extreme selfishness. He's so caught up in his own head. The thing that's interesting to me is that he's a clutch player, and not clutch with a C, clutch with a K. Oh, he's one of yes. he's a Rich Paul guy. He's yeah. a LeBron guy, and so like, what are they gonna do? They're watching the entire – the amount that Ben Simmons got roasted last night made a lot of people uncomfortable, myself included. I think you were among them. Yeah. Because it was one of those things where, like, NBA Twitter gets on you for a good, like, two hours after the game. You trend. If you do something bad, they roast you. Even LeBron, nobody is immune. 
But this went on into the morning, <laughs> like Still East Coast time. I'm today. up. Yeah, I, I'm up at. When it was three in the morning for you, I was up doing gardening and he's still the number one trending topic, just getting dragged. I mean, I don't know, man. This is going to be tough to, this is going to be really tough to come back from. Yeah. And it, the interesting part is too, I showed my son, right? Um, I, I showed my son who's 15, this, uh, all the Ben Simmons stuff. And it was one tweet in particular. I showed him. I was like, how would you feel if this was said about you? He was like, that's not okay. I was like, what would you do? And he just sat there. And he was like, I don't think you can do anything. He was like, I could say something to him. I was like, yeah, but if you say something to him, it's going to then magnify. You've it's given them work. While you and I were talking about it, Brian Windhorst just dropped that Ben Simmons is going to take the Olympics off, won't play for Australia, and is going to work on skill development in L.A. He's just going to train all summer. This man just dropped out of the Olympics. There's nothing better for your personal brand, especially as a young basketball player, than being able to get out there and play internationally. That means that he wants to get better. Like He's hit rock bottom. Like and it's You don't think that it's possible that he made this – he didn't make this decision out of a place of like depression. Yeah, it's possible, but but it also could just stem from wait, hold up. If I'm getting ready for the Olympics, I'm going to be playing, and that's a lot of time that I can't put into getting better. And he's like, I can't let this happen again. You know, like so. Hopefully, it came from a place of. I got to focus on getting better because I want to win. I want to be a really good player and I can't be as good as I need to be trying to just play and win games. Like it's, it'd be different if you, if you were on the dream team, then that's, that's different because you were just a, a, a no brainer to win. But then he's playing with Australia. He doesn't want to go get dragged on national television again when, and he's like, no, I got to be better. So I respect that. I'm not mad at that at all. I guarantee you he talked to LeBron and Rich Paul, and they were like, yo, like, bro, like, you don't have a choice at this point. I mean, Philadelphia's still on the hook for $137 million. Lord have mercy. But it's not like he doesn't have the, the, the skill set to be successful. So if you can get his mind right, and he is just like he's got to go into it from now on with an attitude of fuck it. Like I, I, I remember hearing Rondo talk about how he got to be a serviceable shooter. Now, right? He was like, I saw these dudes jacking up all these shots, and and they're terrible shooters. And I was like, well, fuck it, I'll shoot it too. <laughs> and he just took that mentality into it, and that translated into him being like, look. I'm going to shoot these shots. And Dude. and what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Ben, ben, what can they do about it if Ben Simmons shoots three, three, three threes a game and six mid-range jump shots? What What is anybody going to do? You can't get better without doing it. And that's that's the end. And you'll, you have some players that that wasn't part of their game or it was and they just didn't want to bring it out. And then all of a sudden they get in a situation where they can and then they start to do it. I'll, I'll never forget the fact that with Channing Fry spent like his first four years in Portland. Was it Portland or New York? 
wherever Channing Fry started, York, I think. Okay, wherever Channing Fry started his career, he was a traditional power forward. Yep. And then wherever he moved next, they let him let it fly. And I remember when he came to the Suns and he was shooting four threes a game after attempting maybe like 10 threes in his first four seasons. Yeah, he was with the Knicks first. And then he was with the then he was with Portland after that. And you are right, dude. He shot his first year in New York. He shot nine threes. Next year, he shot 18. The next year in Portland, he shot 10. The next year, he shot 33. And in year five, he went to Port. He went to Phoenix and shot 392. That's insane. But sometimes it's just a matter of not really feeling like the offense or the or the or the place is the right place to be able to do so. And some people evolve. I remember when Don. This is making us sound old, but when Daniel Marshall lost his legs, he started shooting threes. Antonio McDice. Yeah, Antonio McDice, another one. When 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 his knee died, and he was the reincarnation of Sean Kemp. But when his knee died, he became a back to the basket, fifteen foot fadeaway jump shooter. Um, you know, I, I think the thing about Ben Simmons is he's so physically gifted that he's going to be able to get the shot off. It's just a matter of whether or not he wants to do it. And the crazy thing is, you have guys who are like Lamarcus Aldrich is Ben Simmons size, maybe a little skinnier. And LaMarcus Aldridge was a volume shooter as a four. Yep. And he never really hit a high percentage of his shots, which you probably should do when you're that big. But he just put it up so much that he didn't even care. And he he had the freedom to do it. He didn't have the whole world telling him that he can't. Then you have guys out there like Paul George who will have an absolutely disastrous game and then go out there the next day and still shoot the ball 25 times. You have to have that mindset. Like this is going to become a us praising Paul George podcast, but after that game one against the Suns, I mean, it, when when he's on, he is something different. Yep, and he just has to have the guts to be able to go out there and shoot two for eighteen and still come out and shoot eighteen times the next game, and he has that. Ben Simmons hasn't even got to the point where he can have a game where he puts the ball up ten times. Yep, no, you're a hundred percent right. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. 
Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, but next up, uh, another NBA thing. Giannis and Mike Budenholzer, their coach in Milwaukee, they deserved to lose to the Brooklyn Nets. So there's a stat, dude. This is the craziest thing. So when I when I floated out there, when I was like, why isn't Giannis guarding Kevin Durant? I get at some point in time in the game, particularly in the fourth quarters, like why? And people say Giannis can't guard him. Listen, in the last eight years, Kevin uh, Kevin. Durant against every single player in the NBA who he has taken at least 50 shots against. Giannis has by far the has the the he Kevin Durant has the lowest field goal percentage against him out of every player in the NBA. And you don't uh and you don't put him on him. You let six, four and a half PJ Tucker and and Drew Holiday guard this man? I, dude, I, I cannot think of anything more bizarre and silly than that. I don't I it's hard for me to say anything uh bad about um Coach Bud. He's from Arizona. Oh, He's God. A, dude, you got to Dude, I was yeah, on the no, Fox no, show hold with, on, hold with, on, hold with on. Rick Buecher last night, and that's his friend. And he was like, dude, it pains me to say this, but it was terrible. This is still a two-time coach of the year. This is still somebody who made the decision to leave, which is crazy that they're playing Atlanta. I absolutely love the fact that 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 uh, that Coach Bud left Atlanta and then Atlanta's still there ready to meet him in the Eastern Conference Finals. So everybody that's bugging out about the fact that this is small markets, shut this is awesome. Um, but I, I don't think when there's certain guys that like, we're going to complain about, was it Lenny Wilkins coaching the Cavs when Craig Elo got uh, that shot hit on him by Michael right. Jordan. And we're going to be like, Oh no, that should have been, um, I don't know, Tyrone Hill or whoever else might've been Harper. Harper. Yeah. Uh, but literally anybody, but, but Craig Elo, that was a bad coaching thing. Like, no, Michael Jordan was going to make that shot. Uh, that did not look like a defensible shot, George. That looked like a circus shot. 
That was cartoonish. That was when you accidentally hit the shoot button with your back to the basket 22 feet away when you're playing 2K. But the reality is, is that Giannis is his arms are longer. Like he would have gotten a better contest off, which may have made which 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 even though Kevin Durant can elevate when whenever Giannis did end up on him, he turned to pass the ball to somebody else because he was like, yeah, nah. Nah, that, that, that means that somebody else has a good mat, matchup, so I'm going to go there. I just have I have a hard time criticizing the Bucks because, A, they won, and they weren't supposed to even be in this series. Sure, there were it injuries. It was a miracle, but- dude. They, it, they, they were playing the Nets with not everybody healthy, and you're Who just going to let KD go off and beat you? Let, let, KD could, KD could give anybody in history 30. Anybody. Yes, but 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 he ain't. But Giannis is the defensive player of the year, bro. The defensive player of the year. I, it doesn't matter. Yes, it, it does. Yeah, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is a defensive player of the year, and he got clowned for the entire playoffs by the Clippers. It sometimes your opponent is just a bad. It's a bad matchup, or you're playing against how, the greatest it, unicorn offensive player. Dude. In the history He's of the game, got the, the lowest Milwaukee. field goal percentage against Giannis of anybody in the NBA. Why is Giannis not guarding him for stretches in the game? I get it the whole game because yet Giannis would be tired, but the reality, like, it makes no sense to me, Ralph. You they forced a 22 foot, 22.5 foot turnaround jumper to end the game. That's probably the best thing that you can hope for besides not letting the ball get in his hands in the first place. I understand where you're coming from, but at the same time, we have to recognize the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is the Bucks have been really good for the last three seasons. They won 60 games two years ago. They're in the Western Conference Finals this year. They did it even though they lost a priority free agent to Indiana, I believe. And the, the number, the highest draft pick, the highest draft pick in the starting lineup for the Bucks in that game against the Nets was Brooke Lopez picked 10th overall. Dude. They had two second round picks. They had a 24th overall pick in Drew Holiday, who went like two of 30 in this game, and they still managed to win. Giannis was a number 13 pick. Buttonholzer has always made sure that they were competitive. He was a good coach in Atlanta. He's a good coach in Milwaukee. Some teams are just built, not bought. Dude, no, dude. So you they can point are... out from obvious coaching mistakes, but they won. They dude, won. He they, was a better coach than Steve Nash. No, they, they were a better yeah. team than the Nets. They won. They weren't a better team. The the Nets they weren't healthy. The, it doesn't matter. Yes, it they does matter. They had Kevin Durant and James Harden James and Blake Harden Griffin. was a shell of himself, correct? It doesn't matter. Okay. James doesn't Harden outplayed Drew team. Holiday. Okay. Here, Giannis here's put the thing this is, team on his back. The, 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 the uh, Suns weren't better than the Lakers this year. That's this not year. true. No, the that, Lakers were not good all year. They never found their footing all year. And LeBron were, can blame it on whatever They were he not healthy. The and Lakers barely won the play-in game, and they were healthy then. No, they weren't fully healthy. Le- LeBron was not healthy. So The Suns were not fully healthy. Every single time a Lakers fan brings this up, were the Suns fully healthy? No, 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 no. no, no. I'm not trying to take anything away from the uh, Suns because I know you get no. The Lakers about weren't this. good. The Lakers weren't good. Okay, they were not good this okay. year. Like, All right. What, oh, so what is Kuzma's having his worst year of his entire career? Yeah. Right. That is like that's part of who the Lakers are this year. Mm. That's part of who they are. This like, is a they, team. 
that would have been a some, if fully if fully healthy. I mean, dude, there there's so many facts, but I'm not trying. They to struggled dis- when they were healthy. I am not trying to disparage our Phoenix Suns. It's Ralph. not about Phoenix. It's not about um, Phoenix. And, so, but Anthony Davis was the best player on the court. Period. And for one and a half games, he was completely unstoppable. But the thing that nobody ever points out is in those games when he was unstoppable, Chris Paul was severely beat up. And when he went down, the Suns were winning. Nobody ever said, oh, the Suns won game one. They won game one without Chris Paul. And you had a full strength, at least as full strength as they were going to be Lakers. Then Anthony Davis dominates for a See, game and a half. I, I, and I, when, I, I he down, started, when he I went down, when he went down, you started on, on the Phoenix Suns. We, we were talking about, about Mike Budenholzer and his inability in him being a very Winners average win. coach. Winners win. Built, not bought. I'm I I'm rooting for the Hawks because that's the Built only way that I'm gonna get bought, to go to dude. an NBA final. Built not bought. They are dude. built not bought. Three of the teams, three of the teams that are left right now were built not bought. And I'm rooting for all three of those dude. teams. Anybody but the Clippers at they, this point. They better take advantage of this opportunity because this war of attrition that is this season could be the only opportunity. So, You're right. but I mean because because the truth truth is, nobody tries to disparage Hakeem Olajuwon's two two rings because Michael Jordan retired. But he may not have gotten those rings had Michael Jordan not retired though. That's just that's just what it is. And and another thing that people don't bring up is Jordan played. He played. He was there. He was there for the second one. And no one ever talks because about he, that. They he, always, he showed no, up but, like 30 minutes late. To, to but, No, no. He, sh- he showed up 30 minutes before the party was over. Like nine games left in the in, in the regular season. But everyone always says he took two full years off. He, he did. He didn't. He literally did not. Literally, he did not. <laughs> he was there. And it's not like it's not Dude, it's not wasn't like fully there as soon as as soon as he was there for the start of a season. Oh, it's Matt Magic. They went three in a row again. Ralph, you are there's always back. an excuse. We're making You're, excuses for players who don't make excuses. And that drives me nuts. We're making excuses for players who would never do it for themselves. Do you think Jordan thought that they that that he couldn't win that title? No, of course. He of course he did. Every but, single but championship. Reality- Every single championship, you can point to all of the dominoes that led to that place. But do you I realize a how silly fan. that is, though? That if if he had come out with nine games left and won that <laughs> that championship, that would have just that would have been unreal, bro. Every single I became a Suns fan. I became a Suns fan in the ninety two ninety three season when I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that made me a Suns fan was it wasn't just the starters, but their bench. They would bring Danny Ainge and Cedric Sabalos and Richard Dumas off the bench, and those guys would go crazy. And not just them. You had Oliver Miller, too. And the times when Oliver Miller was in shape, he was great. Yep. Cedric Sabalos in the 92-93 season was scoring 13 points a game. He did not play in the NBA Finals. I think about that all the time. But I never look at the Bulls as not having earned that title. I don't look at all the Spurs titles that they, uh, that they got when, you know, Amare uh, tore his knee up or Joe Johnson broke his face on the court or David Stern made to make, made sure to make a phone call that got Amare and Boris Dio, Boris Dio suspended for putting one toe on the, on the paint. 
I still look at the Spurs as deserving of, of having won those series. But there's I don't, a difference, I don't, though, Ralph, in, in having one or two guys miss the playoffs. And this year you have nine NBA All-Stars that have missed playoff games, the most in history by by far. So, yes, this season is the war of attrition. So, you know, but back to what we were talking about. Mike Budenholzer is a very average coach. He got lucky they won this series. They won in spite of him, not because of him. And he should be thanking his lucky stars every single day because this was not a good coaching job. I'm just too literal of a person to hear average and see above average results and be like, oh, no, you're right. He's got a dude. He's got a freak in Giannis, bro. He's got a freak in Giannis, dude. Dude, I could I could coach this team. He didn't have Giannis in 2015 when he won coach of the year with the Atlanta Hawks. Bro, their the expectations were extremely low. I'm saying that that what he's a good coach, but his adjustments, mm-mm, dude, every basketball person who's talked about this has been like him not guarding Giannis is is, is mind blowingly stupid. Um, I'm sorry, him him not guarding Kevin Durant is mind-numbingly stupid, and he got lucky. Mike Budenholzer has been an NBA coach, head coach, because he's got four titles as as an assistant. Assistant, yeah, with Spurs. Yeah, he has been a head coach for eight years, and he's been to three conference finals. That's not average. Okay. All right. Um, The next thing up, John Rahm, PGA Tour golfer, he wins the U.S. Open. Why does anybody care? It, they care because think about this. The last tournament I played, he, I, I believe, he was six shots ahead. He had set the 54-hole court uh, tournament record at the Memorial. And then it finds out he tests positive for COVID on the, the, the beginning of the final round. He gets booted out of the tournament. He was going to win, barring one of the most ridiculous collapses that you've ever seen. And then and then he gets stuck in protocols, all this stuff, comes out to the U.S. Open and wins the U.S. Open, which is one of the more difficult majors to, to, to win because of how hard the courses always are. It was at Torrey Pines, all of this stuff, and he won – and I thought that this was like I, I I know that we don't always have to make things either or, but sometimes I think they do. Like what happened to him at the memorial, some kind of way impacted him to be able to win this U.S. Open. Maybe it was not being able to not having to walk another round. He was a little more fresh or, um, you know, he didn't hurt his back on a swing or something like something affected him in a way that he was able to come out and win this tournament. Maybe it made him more mentally tough. I don't know what it is, but sometimes we, in life, we think bad things are happening to us when good things are actually around the corner. Could just be the gratitude of having it taken away from you. I mean, you're right. He didn't melt down. He didn't get hurt. It was nothing like that. It was taken away from him. So he's still in that mindset uh, of of going out there and wanting to have success. He's an interesting guy, man. He's he he's always been good. Um, I mean, always. I I covered him in college. He went to Arizona State. Um, I think he was College Player of the Year, 2015 and 2016. His college coach quit when he graduated to be his coach. Went with him. He knew that he was going to be special. Um, and and I think what th- this. Uh, 
this is Tory Pines, where J.J. Watt pointed out online that John Rom proposed to his wife on that course. He won his first ever major there. Um, and then his newborn baby was in attendance on Father's Day, um, you know, where he gets a win. And, and, and you know, he, it all just shapes up to kind of start to form the beginnings of what his legend is going to be. And that's what golf needs more than anything right now is somebody that you can hype up that's going to live up to those expectations. There's been a lot of really good stories in golf lately, but they've kind of been one-offs. Phil Mickelson's comeback is one of them. Tiger Woods' comeback is – uh, one of them, unfortunately, he's in a situation where he's going to have to try to do it all over again. But you've had guys uh, like Rory McIlroy and Sergio Garcia not live up to that their next thing. And we see that in other sports. You know, I remember when Jerry Stackhouse was the next Michael Jordan. I remember when Grant <laughs> Hill got hurt, right? Like yep. this type of stuff happens all the time. But when someone starts to live up to um, those expectations, that can be a really good thing. And, and, and I think that him getting removed from a tournament and then turn around, turning around and winning – creates the type of narrative and storyline that makes peripheral golf fans want to pay attention, which is when the sport's at its best. So um, I don't know. I, I, I hope for the absolute best for him. He's young. He's winning. He's consistent. And everyone's always looking for who the next Tiger's going to be. Might as well be a Sun Devil. Yeah. See, I don't, keep I don't it in think. The pack, keep it in the Pac-12. See, I, I don't think that we're looking at a case of, golf getting another tiger Woods superstar i think that golf needs to play up its rivalries and stuff like that between bryson DeChambeau, brooks kapka but i know that they have to win too but i think that the rivalries may be a better way to go but here's an interesting fact that john rom just won his sixth only his sixth career win and his first major guess how much his all-time on-course on course earnings are? I don't want to know. <laughs> it would make me look stupid for hating golf my whole life. Think about this. So in, in his career, right? Which spans what? Five years? Yep. Five years as a professional. Okay. Yep. He's top 50 all-time in on-course on course earnings at $28.1 million. That's just he, on course. That's not sponsorships, any of that. He's getting he's, sponsorship money, too. He's getting money from Callaway. He's getting money from Blue Yonder. He, yep. He's getting paid, and he's going to get paid even more after this. He's top 10 finishes. So that's how you get, get rich playing, playing golf. It's not even winning. It's just making sure that you stay in that top 10. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER the wait is over 
The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, the, uh, oh, that's it for the day. Oh, wait, no, 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 it is time for the best of social media. I was like, wait, hold up, did I miss something? Um, it is time for the best of social media. Now, now, now. Here's the best of social media. This is the point in show where we literally show you the best of social media. And here is the first thing up. Tom Brady. You got to listen to what he said. I wonder who he's talking about. One of the teams, and they weren't interested at the very end. I was thinking, you're sticking with that mother. <laughs> Anything you've ever heard me say, I didn't mistakenly say it. When I'm on stage, something inside of me wakes up. But when I'm off stage, I'm Scott. You know I'm a completely different person than you see on the floor. I'm not here to answer serious questions. I know a lot of men watch this show, and I'm looking for some post-COVID action. <laughs> so that's the next episode of the shop lebron what do you think on it what do you think of the shop because i mean there might be some people that watch our show that that don't watch the shop i like the shop i think it is raw honest conversation some stuff i agree with some stuff i don't but it's the conversation that's the most important thing and i actually like it when lebron's not on it as well so and it kind of seems like draymond green is the guy driving this bus and his future in media is absolutely insane. Like, the sky's the limit. But I like it. And also, like, they're, like the shop was pretty much only black people at first. And now it's kind of expanded. And to see Tom Brady, a dude who had a MAGA hat in his locker. And that, that because that no way says, and that was so long ago that that doesn't mean that he has signed up or, or doubled down on anything that Trump did or anything like uh, that. Things have changed. And we, we've seen a lot of people hop off that train for whatever reason. But the fact that he's on the shop 
like I could not like Tom Brady any more the last few years than I than I have. Like he's grown so much, especially since he decided to become a regular human being and let people in instead of being this cyborg Tiger Woods dude. And then but in that clip, though, he was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo because he wanted he was interested in going to San Francisco and then they pulled out. That was clearly about Jimmy G. Interesting. Yeah, he, he he's a grudge holder, but he always um, approaches those things in a like, okay, well then I'll, I'll show you um, instead of like I'll make I'll, I'll make that other person's life miserable because I felt miserable in the moment. And I I've always appreciated that about him. You know, I I, I like a lot of other people. I always think back to the interview he gave. You know when he had fallen to the sixth round and he ended up going for a walk around the block. He's out crying hot tears in his, you know, seven houses down um, from, from his house uh, because, you know, and memorizing the names of the quarterbacks that were picked above him. The guy's just, uh, the guy's different, but it sounds like as he has um, matured and he's one of the most mature players, literally in the history of the NFL, um, it sounds like he's starting to look back on some of that stuff uh, and see it a little bit different. You talk about episodes of the shop is the same with, uh, with, with to be able to listen to Jay-Z talk about what in the moment, because the last episode is probably my all time favorite when Jay-Z was talking about DMX and having uh, DMX open for him and having DMX essentially ruin his set by being so out there and so good. Yeah. Um, and to be able to like, at the time, talk about what seemed to probably be like an unhealthy level of competition that maybe pushed them both to get better, but probably had them in their feelings quite a bit, the both of them to be able to look back on that from this, from, from this vantage point and say like, Oh, that's actually a driving factor in my success. It worked out for good. And I'm able to look back on that person and my time around that person favorably. I feel like Tom Brady is one of those people that's able to do that. And I hope that people look and they're able to take lessons from that, that you don't have to let these rivalries and these slights turn around and eat you alive from the inside out. Because, you know, we, we saw Josh Smith last night, whatever problem he has with doc rivers, you know, he's barely hanging on to any basketball career uh, at all. I think he's out of the NBA by the time he's 30 and he's blasting doc rivers um, in a pretty personal manner because Doc Rivers lost in the in in the uh, in the semifinals in the second round, like he does quite a bit, um, and that you look at the difference between Josh Smith and Tom Brady, and it's that it's the ability to take the things that made you feel slighted and get to another level of greatness instead of take the things that make you feel slighted and eat you alive, and then and then continue to have that hurt in you years and years down the road. Yeah, and dude, so. I think that Tom Brady, that he's done this really, really well, uh, the, the the arc of his career and his likability. So yeah, but uh, yo Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo got a got a subtle shot there. <laughs> um, but the next thing up, you mentioned Josh Smith, and here's what Josh Smith did after the game on Instagram. He tagged ESPN. Here's what he had to say about Doc Rivers after the 76ers loss. <laughs> yeah, Doc Rivers, you talked all that shit about Paul George and how Tyron Lewis going to have the same office for that nigga. Shut your bum ass up, man. Yo, no in-game adjustments having ass, man. 
Start giving niggas they real credit, man. That's why your bitch has got that karma on your ass and you can't get past the second round, man. You done did all these real niggas wrong, man. Look in the mirror, nigga, and confess your motherfucking truths, nigga. Or you still, or you'll never make it out the second round, nigga. Yeah. ESPN, get on his ass, bruh. I'm on his ass tonight. Get on his ass first thing in the morning. Hey, man. <laughs> I finally get why your wife almost left you, man. You don't know how to make in-game adjustments. <laughs> you don't know how to make... First thing is, that last part, that's that's too far. As a, as a man... Like, that's too far. That's much, much too far. Like, you don't bring up somebody's wife. Like, bro, we, we, we talking basketball. That's, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, like, this feels like Josh Smith did this for attention. This wasn't the same thing like Kwame Brown. When Kwame, when Kwame Brown came out, he was pissed because people were attacking him personally. Ain't nobody saying shit about Josh Smith. And now he's coming off the top rope. I, I I hate it. I think it's gross. I think it's lame. He's super whack for this. I agree. I felt bad for Josh Smith. The whole thing felt weird, um, especially like somebody who had so much promise like Josh Smith. I mean, that dude signed a four-year, $54 million deal in 2013 and – he spent a lot of time having people say stuff like this to him for not living up to it, um, for never being better than he was with the Hawks. And, you know, Josh Smith got to the Western Conference Finals once, and I think he was with Houston. And, um, I, you know, he, he had a couple of decent games. He had a couple of games where had he done anything, they would have survived, you know. Um, it's just – it. Coming from Josh Smith wandering alone outside some townhomes in the middle of the night, like, I, I don't know, man. This didn't feel like a Kwame thing where they – like, Doc Rivers didn't mention Josh Smith. And I don't I don't think that Paul George needs cape for when Paul George also in these playoffs, despite having three, four really good games, has continued to do a lot of the same stuff that he did when Doc Rivers was his coach. Yep. I don't think it's as cut and dry as Josh Smith – to make it and i think bringing his wife into it was weird i just i don't think like there, there's going to be some absolutely love drama and i know matt barnes brought up the whole thing of like people paying attention to kwame brown like drama we're only paying attention to just right now because of the drama that he brought but it i don't know i just didn't like and there was no part of it where i laughed there was no part of it where like i was like oh this is a fun little rivalry like let's see where this goes it was he brought up his wife and then i'm Thing made like that was supposed to be like a sexual reference. No, nah, the in-game they, adjustments thing. I, I don't oh, know. Man. Like I, I that it just it fell flat, man. It made me feel bad for Josh Smith, and I hope we never hear from him ever again because he brought nothing to the table but hatefulness. Yep. Yeah. Like there was at least Kwame brought like an enlightenment about how we look at players, potentially talk about players, all those things. He added nothing there. Um, the next thing up is PJ Tucker and Kevin Durant's mom. <laughs> they got into it because Kevin Durant's mom talked shit. 
like on the floor, like anybody who's ever seen her, all of this stuff, like she gets after it with the other players as well. And PJ Tucker was all up in his shit all game. And and here is what happened when they had their little confrontation. Matchup with Durant, so important defensively for the Bucks. And the Bucks now over the foul of it. So whatever was said, because we can't see P.J. Tucker's mouth, but we can see Kevin Durant's mom's mouth. She's yelling something or whatever. And then P.J. Tucker looks over at her and says something. And then she pulled down her mask and said, I love you, too. And then he smiled like that's the type of interaction that you're supposed to have with somebody's mama. Like you can't just let her sit up there and talk shit, but you can also like respond to her in a way that is appropriate to talk to somebody's parent that's not going to start a fight with the other person that felt very much like the club scene that stuff happens a lot on the uh, on the on the um on the club scene um because sometimes you just hear some dads just going in on some refs just going in and then you'll you'll see that ref turn around and use that man's first name and then you realize, like, oh, it's it's not it's not a, just a crazy parent. It's somebody yeah. who, like, he, he he knows how far he could push this. Yeah. Um, that was cool, man. I, that, and then after the game, you saw the way that PJ Tucker and and and, and KD embraced. Um, you know, obviously those two mean a lot to each other. Um, but that just the this is this is basketball, not football. Uh, and then those two locking eyes. It just that, that made me happy. That was a cool moment for sure. Yep. All right. The last thing up, Ralph doesn't know that this is coming, but he should. He did it. He did it himself. Um, so, yeah, hold up. Where where did it go? Oh, no. Oh, no, yeah, I worried. didn't lose it. Did I? Oh, <laughs> wait, no, I did not lose it. All right. Here okay. it is. So. Anybody who has been watching this for a minute knows what happened last week. So Ralph and I were talking about Arizona State and all the stuff that was going to be breaking. There's still more stuff to come, like all, all of this, right? So Ralph then ends up a person who is, well, sorry, Ralph finds out that somebody is trying to catfish Ralph other well catfish <laughs> other people pretending to be Ralph they created Ralph I'm sorry Amsden Ralph 8 C8F and it says Ralph Amsden the fourth writer Sun Devil blogger for blah 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 and so Ralph so people are pretending to be you now Ralph how does it feel I don't enjoy it. <laughs> it's not. It's it's annoying when you find out that like hey, somebody started an account, then they're reaching out to recruits, see how they feel about certain schools. Be like, I'm I'm Ralph Ames and I work for Rivals, or whatever. That's creative. Like I, I I don't know if I heard of something like that happening. Or there's definitely people catfishing for all reasons. Um, but this was a new one for me. I've had people pretend to me um, me on Twitter just to try to get on my nerves, and it almost always works. Um, but this is the first time I've had somebody like go on Instagram, message recruits, uh, did not appreciate it. And so uh, you feel proud. Or is this, is this, is this your mama? I made it moment. 
definitely not. Uh, my, uh, my, I made it moment was in Atlanta this last week when my Uber driver pulled a gun out of his waistband <laughs> because he was on the phone with his, his boy who was at like a Bass Pro Shops and bought an AR-15. And I'm just in the back seat watching my Uber driver FaceTime with his friend. Um, and, and they get off the phone and, uh, and he was like, he was acting happy for his friend. But then he, um, he said, uh, he's like, I don't know why you'd ever need one of those. He's like, he told me he could hit something five from 500 feet. He goes, that sounds like premeditation to me. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I, you're definitely not putting one of those under a pillowcase. And he goes, I'm, he, he, my Uber driver goes, I'm on, I'm going to be honest in Atlanta. You need one pulls a 40 out of his waistband and holds it up while he's driving me. And he goes, stuff in Atlanta has been pretty wild lately. And I just don't want to get carjacked. And, uh, and, and he goes, has that ever happened to you? (laughs) (laughs) And you were like, Hey, you showed up at the right place. I got a story to tell. Yeah. So we're at a stoplight and I was like, okay, do me a favor. Google Dr. Pepper and Mercedes. And if you're watching the show and you don't know that story, just go ahead and type that into Google. But um, to have my Uber driver uh, have a a 40 in one hand and his phone in the other. And he's laughing at me a based Internet story that he pulled up and we're at a stoplight by the Atlanta airport like that. By far, I was like, man, everything has been building up to this. This is this is fantastic. I, I enjoy that type of nonsense a lot more than I like people pretending. I don't even like being me. Who would want to be me? Especially after last week, all the crap that we were getting online. I, I, I don't know why somebody would pick that moment in time to pretend to be me. Dude, b- because it was an opportunity. So bro, you are, you are very popular, Ralph. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> My know? fake account has one follower. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh man. Um, all right. So, so yeah. So you guys, that's Reister or wrong for the day. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson. You guys, uh, we will be back on Wednesday. Make sure you listen to the PAC 12 apostles podcast as well, which will be coming out this week. Peace out. Catch you guys later. At bed. Three, six, five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit lazarusnaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you 
Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.